Service Dog Saturdays. Welcome to the Weekend and Acknowledge Dogs podcast. It is Saturday. This is where we talk about service dogs. How can we make our dogs better? How can we desensitize them to environmental stimuli? And how can we teach them tasks to help those who need it? Service Dog Saturdays. You're listening to Acknowledge Dogs podcast. Welcome to the show. Today is Saturday. Saturday, it's the weekend. Wow, I just felt like a, a radio host. I'm a podcast host, not a radio host. There's a difference. Ooh, I just had an idea. Quick side tangent. Quick side tangent. Let me know, guys, if I should basically pretend to be two individuals on podcasts. I think that would be kind of fun. So I would talk like this, and then I would talk like this, and we would go back and forth. Back and forth? Why would we go back and forth? Well, because it gives people newer dynamics. Well, why don't you just have a guest on the show? Well, I I guess I could do that. Well, yeah, I think people would enjoy that a lot more. You know, you just get a guest on the show, and then you guys talk. Well, maybe they should tell me what guests I should have on this show. Don't come at me, dude. You're just a figment of my imagination. Yeah, if you think something like that would be fun, whether it's a guest on the show or if I pretend to be my own guest, special guest starring Michael Ossetta, hosted by Michael Ossetta. All right, that was quite a tangent. Let's jump back into dogs. (laughs) So, a service dog Saturday, we're talking about social distance and public space. Ha ha. Okay. I saw this the other day. Absolutely loved it. I think they were at Disney. Service dog and a handler were at Disney, and they were walking around. And the dog was orbiting around the individual, just circling around them as they were walking. This creates a nice big bubble, a nice space for an individual to walk through without feeling pressure from crowds. This can be particularly helpful for individuals with social anxiety, PTSD, those kinds of things. So why might people do this? And what different ways are there? Again, social pressure. There's social pressure around them. Everybody's already looking at them because they have a dog and it says service on it. Now they're wondering, ooh, well, is it a friendly dog? Can we go over and pet it? You should not do that. Do not go over and pet a service dog. They are working. Do not go over and pet a working dog, like a police dog. Don't do that. Don't do either of those things. We almost lost our microphone there. I just smacked the microphone. So, right, do not go touch a service dog. They are working. They need to focus on their handler, especially if they are trying to create distance. But people are already looking at the handler. They already feel uncomfortable as it is. So they need to create more space in order to feel more comfortable. Okay, If you've ever been in a crowded environment, let's say a concert, people are bumping into you and there's so much going on and it's absolutely crazy and you're like, oh man, I just need some air. And you finally get outside and you can breathe because there's some space. That's what it feels like for these individuals. I want you to think about it like that. Oh man, they they could be panicking on the inside and look completely fine on the outside. And you have no idea how much is going on in their brain. But their dog can help them feel more comfortable. In most cases, you cannot. So just let them do their thing. If they ask for help, great, offer help. If they are really struggling, you may ask to offer help, but do not be offended if they do not reciprocate. Okay. So how do we how do we teach this? Okay, let's go over a couple different ones. You got your dog orbiting around you, 
and you have your dog going into a specific position. Let's think about a clock. So 12 o'clock would be in front of you, 3 would be to your right, 6 would be to your left, and, I'm sorry, 9 would be to your left, 6 would be behind you. Okay, so wherever you put the dog, you could just use the numbers, that's going to let your dog know where they should be sitting or standing or adding a little bit of distance. Let's say you're waiting online and you are worried about someone behind you. Let's say you have PTSD. So all you're going to do is teach your dog six and they're going to stand behind you, adding distance behind you. Okay, and the other option is having your dog rotate around you in an orbit constantly. Now, depending on how tight that orbit is, determines how much space you have. You could intentionally teach a dog for two versions, a tight circle, just to give you a little bit of space, and a bigger circle to give you a lot more space. Either or is totally fine, and you teach them the exact same way. So let's go through teaching your dog the first one. We'll call it the clock positions. Okay. So let's say you want to teach your dog 12 o'clock. All you really have to do is get them to sit in front of you. That's super simple. You already do that because you have to practice obedience. So, okay. So that gets checked off the list. You got your dog to sit in front of you. Now let's say we want our dog to sit on the right. Well, you would just reteach the sit on the right. And you'd have to add a word to it. So just like anything else, right, any other behavior I've ever talked about, first we get the behavior down, right, precision. So we're going to teach the dog, maybe you lure them over, maybe you shape the behavior for the right side, whatever you want to. Get the behavior down, then you add in the cue, and you work on latency. So I'd say six, wait for my dog to go into the position that we just practiced a whole bunch, so they're, they're already offering up the position. We go into that position, the second they start to sit, mark and reward. Six, boom, 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 over and over and over again. Mark and reward for the response to the cue, not the full behavior. When they're responding to the cue reliably, then you mark for the full behavior. Then we start to work on distance, distraction, and duration. First, you got to get the precision. You got to get the latency down. So now you got in front, you got 12, you got six. Now it's time to do nine. Now you got different versions of nine. You got nine where they go in between your legs and just face behind you. And you got nine where they're standing behind you. The first one where you have your dog go in between your legs, the first one where you have your dog go in between your legs, you're going to want to lure them, have the treat behind you, remove your hand, mark reward. Do that over and over and over again. Then no treat in the hand, motion behind you. When they go through, mark and reward over and over and over again. When they start offering up the behavior, we add in the cue, we mark a reward for the response to the cue, and then we build up over time. Okay? If you want your dog to just stand behind you, this one can get tricky. You basically need to teach them a body touch. Okay? You could probably do this different ways, but this is how I would do it. You would teach a body touch and have them basically hug your back leg. Okay? You're basically going to hug your back leg while they stand there. So you're gonna lure them around, and it doesn't matter what side their head or their tail is on, whether the head's on the left or the head's on the right, and you're gonna mark a reward for them staying in that position. Okay? Mark a reward, and you just you just keep going. You just mark a reward for them staying in the position. It sounds really, really simple, right? Okay, same thing on the left side. Mark a reward for them being in the position. 
over time, you build duration, you add in the Q, whole nine yards. Now, the orbit is going to be slightly different. The orbit is basically an extended circle. Okay, I like to teach my dog circle and twist first because I think it helps get the idea that they should be going 360. But it doesn't always need to be necessary. The way I taught one of my dogs to do an orbit was to have a tennis ball and just turn my entire body so that he could see the tennis ball while he was still in front of me. He could see the tennis ball behind my back. He would go for it, and as he went for it, I would continue to turn, and then I would throw it. He loves tennis balls. That just teaches him to wrap around me really, really fast. But it teaches him to wrap around me and then go forward. So that only worked for a little bit. So what would I have to do? I would have to do that first part, and instead of throwing it when he got to my left, I would have to show him a new ball and start to bring it around the rest of my body. So he would have to orbit twice. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. So we're talking about, right, doing orbit. I just mentioned how we have to get our dog to orbit twice, or at least my dog, when we were training. So this gets into an intermittent reward schedule. It does. How many times does my dog have to do something in order to get reinforcement? And in that case, my dog had to do two revolutions around me before he got reinforcement. What does that teach him? You're not going to get rewarded every time. And if you keep trying, you'll be rewarded for your efforts. Okay? So I would no longer be rewarding for the behavior. I'm actually rewarding for the effort that gets put into the behavior, which is huge. Huge. That's how we get really solid dogs. Stop rewarding for the behavior. They know the behavior. They got it down. You're now rewarding for the effort put into the behavior. Okay. So I'd, I'd have my dog wrap around twice. Mark, reward with a tennis ball. Then three times, mark, reward with a tennis ball. Practice three times for a little bit. Then I move to four, and then to five, and then to six, and then to seven, and then, eight, and then we get to ten. Dogs should be able to wrap around you ten times. Now, in service dog work, I always think it's better to go way beyond what you think your dog needs to be able to do. Okay, so if 10 repetitions is not enough, and you'll know, right? You'll go to use it in a public space, and you're like, nope, he gave up way too soon. Right? Because if you're, if you're in a situation where you can't think, and you need your dog to respond, right? You maybe have the ability to give them one or two cues, but they got to keep going. They got to keep going and going and going. So you might not want to stick to 10. You might want to do 30. You might want to do 50. Now, that's a lot. Okay, that's a lot to ask from a dog. But if you train it properly, it absolutely can be done. And I mean you got to train it properly. You can't just start piling on all this work and you're like, yeah, keep doing it. 
and then give them one piece of kibble. No. You have to use a variable reward schedule. You got to use high value treats. You got to do a preference test. You really have to have them know the behavior. You have to make it enjoyable. Maybe they get a jackpot. Maybe they don't. You got to try it with tennis balls, with tug toys, with treats, with just praise. You got to try it with all these things and really, really work on the behavior. If you're not going to work on the behavior, don't even train it. Don't even teach it. Do something different. If you're not going to go through the effort of doing the entire behavior, don't even do the behavior. The classic phrase, right? Go big or go home. I say, when in doubt, C4. Okay, that's a Mythbusters quote, but it's true. When in doubt, blow the thing up. Do it at massive levels of action. There's no point in training something if you're only going to do it halfway. It's just not, you know, it's just not right. You're going to be unsatisfied with the results you get simply because you did not put in the effort required to get the results you wanted. So go 100% in, committed to the behavior, and teach the behavior appropriately. And don't get distracted. Stay focused. Okay? <laughs> Stay focused! If you're teaching Orbit, don't start teaching 13 other tricks at the same time. Teach Orbit. Get it down. Get it down solid. Then you can work on your other things. Okay? This was a shorter episode today. If you wanted me to talk about new things... Please let me know. Head over to social media, drop it in the comments, drop it in the direct messages. Let me know exactly what you want me to talk about. You can go to TikTok, there's a QA section. That's the best thing to do. Or you can just email me at mjaceta at matadorcanine.com. Say, hey, I listened to your podcast. It's absolutely wonderful. I love it. And I need you to talk about this. This is the problem I'm having. I'd really like for you to talk about it. I have no problem giving you guys free information on what you should be doing. Although you cannot take it and then sue me because you did something without my guidance and approval. Okay. I'll talk about topics. But do not implement these without guidance and approval from a professional. And if you hire a professional that is not me, one, I'll be offended. Two, if they say that what I'm talking about is horse rubbish, horse rubbish, horse radish. You have them call me, I'll talk to them. <laughs> In the moment. Stop them from what they're doing. They're like, oh, no, no, you don't want to do that. Hey, you know, Michael said we should call him and he would talk to you. I have no problem talking to any trainer about any topic at any time. I really don't. Okay? Well, enjoy the rest of your guys' day. It is the weekend. Get out there. I think it's supposed to be nice today. I hope it's supposed to be nice. If it's nice near you, great. If it's not, great. You still got to train. Still got to work through it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you think family or friends would benefit from what you heard today on Acknowledged Dogs, please share it with them. You can post it on Facebook. We are also on every social media platform, so make sure you tag us, Matador Canine. You can also head over to Matador Canine and schedule a free consultation to talk about coaching and reaching the goals with your dog and those problem behaviors, reach the goals that you want, and have the dog that always listens. <laughs>